When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this Sunday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, I've been away for a few weeks. Uh, for a week, uh, my family and I went on a vacation. I caught the scores of the Islanders games. Uh, I caught the condensed games today. But um, I guess I'll just throw it to you. What the hell's been going on around here while I've been away? I don't know. <laughs> it's very confusing. There's a lot happening here. And the scores don't really tell the whole stories, really. No, they don't. And you, you, usually, when we say like you know, you know what, what the hell is up with this team, or or you know what, what are they doing, or whatever, like it's usually a negative connotation, right? You know, you're like you watch them like that Devils game from a few weeks ago. You're like, what right. the f- is that, right? Like, and now you're saying that you're like, what the hell was that after yeah. these wins and and like the stretch of four four games, three wins and a loss to the Coyotes of, of all people, um, it's. It's not an it's it's not a negative connotation. It's 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 just should be taken on. It's uh, it's a question that should be taken at its surface. You know what mm. the hell is this team? Because I don't think we found out anything uh, about <laughs> these Islanders other than they're doing what you need to do in the NHL. Like part one of successful season in the NHL is you bank points in the early going. Right. You bank them. You find you you find like a. Two points, however you can get them, you put them in your pocket, and then you try to be better the next game and do this. And, and guess what? If you're not better, you find a way to try to bank those two points again, uh, mm. because it doesn't matter how you get them; it just matters if you get them. Uh, at the end of the day, now 
do we want to see the Islanders play like a more cohesive kind of, you know, you could see the process of something Mm -hmm. style. Yeah. And I think we've seen some wins where you're like, okay, like it's there, like the Carolina game comes to mind for sure. And, um, you know, even that first Panthers loss, uh, then the, the two against the ducks and sharks, like, so there's, there's been signs of that, but right now it just seems that they're just willing to scrap and do whatever they need to, to get two points because that's what they did not do last year. It's almost like last year when you compare the start to this one, the island, they were so focused on staying on script, staying, trusting mm-hmm. their system, uh, that they, when it came time to kind of abandon ship and, and freelance to, to find a way back in a the game, they just didn't trust themselves to do it or they didn't know how to. Whereas this one, it's like, okay, like systems X's and O be damned, go get the two points. They've found a way to do it. Um, and the, the manner of how they're doing it and, and the, the characters involved and, and the, 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 the tunes that these characters are playing are, all making it even more confusing. Sebastian Aho, yeah, <laughs> he looked like he looked like Chris Letang, prime yeah. salad days Chris Letang yesterday. Uh, yeah. uh, and I mean, I think you can even say he did uh, against the the Flames and Rangers too. Um, I don't know. Is Sebastian Aho yeah. good? I don't know. I have no idea what to make of this guy. I don't. <laughs> We've been asking that question for like six years. We were asking that question before Barry. We Trotz thought we came had here. a pretty good idea of the answer too, and the answer was no. <laughs> right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and um, you know, in the last episode, I was talking about how I don't think he plays a style of hockey where he under. It's almost like he doesn't understand the concept yeah. of the puck, right? And then this mm. today in the Athletic, there was an article about how Sebastian Aho is like just treating the puck with like a lot more respect these days and mm, stuff. But, yeah. uh, and I guess maybe that's all the difference And but him and, and then you got Scott Mayfield who <laughs> has four goals on the season. Um, I, and, and when I say goals, like they're goals, yeah. like these are, these are wonder goals. They are, mm. uh, the backhand shelf yesterday. He's got a couple, mm. uh, slap slappers from the point. He had the two goal game and then he had like that shot pass to Nelson yesterday. Yes. So like, and then the whole Barzell thing, what he, whatever the hell he's doing, um, is the most is just out of out of control. Um, I I mean I like I don't know. I like the fourth line looks like they've turned back the clock to the right. first year that they were put together. Like I mm. I I am at a loss for words <laughs> with this team, but I don't mean that in a bad way. Mm. Yeah, no, I I think you really nailed it. It's the banking of points. Like you gotta put it together, and you gotta get them, especially when you can. And the, I, it's funny because uh, when we left, when we last left the New York Islanders, they <laughs> losing three nothing to Detroit in a game that you know was it was a drag to watch. But you and I spoke after it, and we were like, you know, really all things considered, they won five games in a row. It's you know the road trip, like you know whatever. We can't really get too mad about it. But you know the next game is going to be really important. And we knew they were playing the flames who had kind of struggled a little bit. Uh, and they came out and, you know, went down three, nothing and then came back and won four, three in overtime. And this would of course become a pattern over the course of the week that we'll talk about. And um, it's times like that, that, you know, the banking of points becomes important. Like, okay, fine. You lost. It happens. Now what? And the, now what in this case was back to back games against the flames and Rangers, which the Islanders won both by four, three scores again, coming back from three, one down, to get those points. And like right now I'm looking at the standings and 
They're second in the Metro. They're four points behind. <laughs> so they've got, you know, the Devils are 24, the Islanders are 20, and the Hurricanes are at 19, right? And then everybody else is from the Atlantic. Bruins, Leafs, Panthers, Red Wings, and Habs uh, are all are all there also in the, you know, the Atlantic race and then the wild card. And then you got the Rangers at 17, Flyers at 16. They have cooled down considerably. Rangers are – they both have seven – so the, both, the, the, both the Rangers and Flyers – both have seven wins and six losses. The difference is the Rangers have one more overtime loss than the Flyers do. Uh, the Caps are kind of all over. They got their seven and seven right now. The Penguins are six and six. So, like, you've got a lot of middle stuff here. And is this how I think the the conference is going to shake out in the end? Frankly, no. And I'll get to that in a second. But right now, it's just about getting points. Like, you know, okay, fine. Let's say they let's say they win two more, and the Devils finally lose a game every once in a while, and they end up in first place. Hey, that's great. I wouldn't think too much of it. Let's say Carolina leapfrogs them into second and the Islanders are still in third picking up points. That's okay. Like as long as you're in the mix here, as long as you're not, you're in the conversation, you haven't fallen behind again at the, the, you know, Thanksgiving sort of signpost. I think they're doing pretty well. And right now, you know, when you, when I say like, I don't know how many of these teams are actually going to be here at the end of the season. I'm looking at goal differential, which the Islanders pay a lot of attention to. Lou Lamarello loves to talk about it. And right now the Islanders have the, Third best goal differential in the entire conference. Like the Bruins are way out ahead. They're 20 plus 27. They've been great all season. But the Devils, who apparently are the highest scoring, most exciting, electric, young, fast, super incredible team in the league, have a plus 17 goal differential. And the Islanders are plus 12. <laughs> they're right behind them. So they're only five goals, five goals and two wins better than the Islanders right now. So it's, uh, it's pretty close. Um, and everybody else is either at single digits or underwater like the Red Wings and Habs uh, and Flyers. So um, it's about getting points, like you said, and, and keeping it in the mix, staying relevant and getting these points where you can. And right, we're going to talk about their upcoming schedule too, but they've got some other games they can win, games against Ottawa on Monday. By the way, I just, I know last week we said we were going to wait until after that Ottawa game, but again, schedules have shifted a little bit. So we, can, we decided to do this now. Uh, you might be listening to this on the day that they're playing the Senators, so we won't talk too much about it, but they have a chance to take points there. They got Dallas, who beat Philly today. They got Nashville, who's kind of struggled a little bit this season. So they have more point, more chances for more points. And uh, we'll talk about that Arizona game in a second because that does really stick out like a sore thumb. But the fact that they got points against the Flames, Rangers, and Blue Jackets, who are hurt now without Zacharinsky, but are into the division, um, you know, that means a lot. Like they they recognize, hey, we lost one. What are you going to do? But they got to get right back on the horse, and they did that with two you know, fairly strong games after losses, basically. Yeah. Uh, what's what's crazy about what, so what you were saying was like the landscape of the the league and where the Islanders kind of fit is, and this has kind of been a theme of this season and the show, like yeah. everyone kind of assumes because of what they saw last year and, and even the shortened season um, that the teams that, or that the way the league kind of patterned out those two years is just how the league is going to go mm. be going forward. That the the tankathon and the fact that star players are now, if you don't have a star player, like you're not allowed to the party for some reason anymore. Um, mm. <laughs> like those teams are just going to be qualified for the playoffs by Christmas, like we saw last year, and especially in the East. And that's just usually not how the NHL goes. And we're seeing a much more traditional parody shining through NHL right now. Mm. Like there's like you you rattled off the the standings and the I think the Coyotes are the perfect kind of team to to bring home this point is Arizona is six seven and one 
uh, through 14 games. I think they played three home games out of their first 14 games. Um, and that's astounding for this team, <laughs> for that team. Like it is, right. it's, it's, it's great. Um, it's, it's why we like hockey. Cause like last year and the year before favorites were winning at a ridiculous clip, uh, every, every night. It was just like, if a team was minus 300, you can basically pencil them in for the mm. win. Um, you just weren't seeing as many upsets and the, cause part of it was the bottom was so bottom out. I think COVID had played a lot of that, that people were burned out. Like why, mm. if you were playing for like the Islanders or the blue jackets or the senators or a team like that, why would you show up to work when, you know, things were just so <laughs> shitty. Um, right. So we're seeing uh, a more traditional kind of NHL with parody where you have uh, all but three teams in the, Eastern Conference uh, at 15 points or above, and uh, one of the teams that isn't funny <laughs> enough is, is the, the Sabers, who were you know seven and three, and and the darlings of the league just a couple of weeks ago. Um, and that's why banking those points is so important. And it also getting like getting these wins and 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 just the, the Islanders the last this is the second time in 2022 the Islanders got their tenth win of the season. <laughs> their their tenth win of the season. Was January first last year, last season? Mm, wow, January first. That's two more months from now, and I know right. I started a little later, and whatever the schedule is all combobulated, but that's absurd. Uh, so just remember that right now. And um, if they had started slow with the, or if if they didn't start as fast as they are right now, like we'd be in that chasing pack with with the Red Wings and. Uh, capitals and flyers and you'd just be like you know what like we're we're probably gonna be the team that's gonna fall apart but now that we i mean it's not a lot of breathing room at all but that that, that they've been able to win 10 of their first 16 games you're like you know why can't they just do that again um and people will say it the the comebacks are not sustainable and such but the islanders do have like a sustainable kind of method here which is mm. they've got the best goalie in the league uh, in Ilya Sorokin, mm. and he's going to keep you in games. Like teams are not going to score more than three goals very often on right. the Islanders. So it's whether or not the Islanders can get four. Um, mm. And and we're seeing that play out time and time again with this right. guy in goal. Uh, it played out basically every game this week. Like if the Islanders had scored four goals, they were going to win. And uh, that having him as like an ace in the hole in this league where the chasing pack's going to be like, looks like it's going to be like eight deep. We might have a couple teams separate themselves over the next month or so. Uh, none of them are going to, none of the chasers. I don't think the Islanders are going to be one of the teams to separate themselves. Uh, but none of the chasers will have Ilya Sorokin, right? So as, as unsustainable as these, these third period comebacks are, and they are, we learned from a, another team in the league last year that, if you have a goalie who can do what he's doing, you can find your game. Like he will, he will provide you the the runway uh, to find your game and to to work out the kinks and to get rolling in the right direction, so that you you aren't just a hope to God. Ilya Sorokin saves ninety four percent of the shots <laughs> thrown at him, and then will win kind of situation. Because you know, with the with the way the team I'm alluding to, of course, is the Rangers. What ended up happening somewhere, and this is why it got so scary was around February and then at the trade deadline when the Rangers shored up their depth up front, they started to play much better five on five. Mm. Uh, of course, the, the big difference between the Islanders and Rangers and is that from the, the Rangers from last year and, and this year's Islanders are 
that the Rangers have don't the Islanders strength is their outside of Sorokin is their depth, yeah. whereas the Rangers was their their star guys and the Islanders have the perhaps the worst power play I've ever seen. And the Rangers <laughs> <laughs> the Rangers were clipping at like twenty eight percent last year. So right. uh it's it there there are some similarities, there's some differences, but the Rangers really did show us that uh or and this isn't just the Rangers, like we've seen it with other teams in the past. Like if a goal, a goalie can just will your team to they can't they can't win you 30 games a year but they can keep you in 30 games that you don't deserve to be in a year mm. uh or at least like turn them into coin flips when they're maybe a little bit less than that for you and that's what Sorokin's been doing that flames game i remember very clearly thinking that they're after that first period like mm. they need to win this game for him because he just stood on his head and he mm. made it look so easy that nobody's talking about how incredible of a period he just had yeah. um and he did it against the Blue Jackets too. I know the Islanders outshot the Blue Jackets like forty-eight to like twenty-six or something like that. Mm. But he made some ten bell saves, some saves where like a puck would hit off a skate and it would pop out to the slot, and someone on the Blue Jackets would have a wide open net, and there was Sorokin somehow reading that play before yeah. anyone could process it. Um, so he, he's he's like far and far and away, I think the Islanders MVP, and he's probably the MVP of the league uh, mm. right now. Like. I, I can't think of another more valuable player to his team yeah. than Sorokin is right well, now. Like you could say McDavid or whatever. And, and yeah. uh, you know, I don't want to get into a whole thing about, it, but like he, he having him mm. just gives them a leg up over basically everybody else in this room of teams trying to figure out who the hell they are. Cause the Islanders aren't the only one. Yeah. No, you just look at the McDavid arguments and stuff like that too. But yeah, I mean, he, he, well, let's just start going through the game. This is just real quick. We'll, we'll keep them, keep the recap short. Um, yeah. I mean, they were basically outplayed for the most part, uh, through two periods against the flames. Michael Backlund had two goals. One of them was like the second one in the second period was just like pinballing in and out of the net. Like it was, I don't know what Sorkin could have done from there, but, um, Sebastian Ajo, who you mentioned before he had, he scored to, you know, get the Islanders kind of tied at one, but then the Flames sort of took over. But then in the third period, it was all Islanders. They had 19 shots to Calgary's 11. Uh, Lee scored off a Nelson rebound. We're going to talk a lot about Brock Nelson in the second half too. And then Paul Mary, who's been great all week, he tied it. Uh, and then uh, Sorokin made these three enormous saves in overtime. Uh, Rasmus Anderson took an in- interference penalty and Noah Dobson scored an OT. And and I remember reading this on the, the crawl on ESPN2 and I saw, okay, uh, oh, all right, cool. They won 4-3 in overtime, which, again, doesn't really kind of tell you the story of the game. And then it said, Dobson power play goal. <laughs> and I was like, wait, like a power play goal in, in overtime? Like the Islanders got a penalty in over, got a power play in overtime, and they actually scored on it? And, you know, in over, that's unbelievable. Uh, and, again, that's just one. And Matt Barzell had this great pass, and he's been – we're going to talk a lot about Barzell too, but – it was just such a weird game, but like we've been talking about, it's just resiliency. Like they just didn't, they didn't kind of just cave in down three, one to a team that had lost a bunch in a row. I think what the flames get up to like six or something in a row. And they, you know, they probably thought they were going to walk out with a win and that didn't have the Islanders just didn't let them ha- do it. And then the next night they got to play at the garden. They go down three, one again, even though Palmieri scores early on a power play, which is where it's funny how that power play looks like dog shit. And somehow it actually <laughs> makes us call gets goals i don't know how but uh then heedle then Kreider really early in the second then trocheck and it looks like ah well you know what are you gonna do back to back but no pellick open basically opens the third with a goal on a nice uh pass on an assist from paul mary 
And uh, then it's Simeon Varlamov's turn to stop Rangers hero Jimmy Vesey on a breakaway. And, uh, you know, so that's how many times have we seen it? The big save on the end. By the way, I was I was watching the uh, the condensed version of this. And um, for whatever reason, it was the Rangers feed, even though I was watching it from the Islanders side. And, and Joe and Sam were very, very excited about that Jimmy VC breakaway. And they were so happy about the power play goals that <laughs> were being scored in the game. Kreider and then Trocek. I think, yeah, Trocek also on the power play. Uh, but then they were equally sad when Nelson tied the game. And then Lee kind of passed in front uh, and scored after that dastardly Oliver Wallstrom had tripped poor, innocent Capo Caco and the Islanders took advantage of the confusion. Lee scores and uh, they go on to win. So it was, it was like a really wild 48 hours for the Islanders. Uh, and again, coming off of that three, nothing loss coming against two teams who have reputations. They knew they were going to be under microscope. You, you, yes, you don't want to make a habit out of coming from 3-1 down. You ideally like to be up. and But this is kind of a new phenomenon for the Islanders. They haven't done it too often this season. But still, like to, to stick with it and get the points is really the important thing. And it really shows that, you know, it's a cliche, but these guys really do play for each other. And, and it took a little while to find that. But, I mean, these guys, these guys have been together for so long. Like, so it's got to be so weird. Like, it's they, so you know, long. I know. Like, how could you not play for these guys? These are like these guys are godfathers to each other's kids. They're like, you know, it's, it's not just it's not just Brock Nelson, your line mate. Like this guy, your kids think of this guy's uncle Brock. Like you probably, this, probably roommates <laughs> with half of these guys at some point, you know. And so it's it's such an odd team yeah. that they haven't changed that much, and yet there have been changes to the franchise. And so now they're in this sort of you know finding their way <laughs> period. And hey, to pick up four points. Yo, forget it. Let, let the Flames have that point. Who cares in the Western Conference? But like, and and especially to beat the Rangers and come back the way they did, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, that's just fun, you know. The stats be damned. <laughs> the 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 way the Rangers broadcast talks about the Rangers is superb, and because when the Rangers <laughs> when they win when the Rangers win a game like last year when they were winning games that they were being kept in from Igor Shosturkin, mm-hmm. it, it was oh man like this team you know there's just no quit in this team they they mm. couldn't they didn't have their a game but they still won and sam that's you know that's how you that's how you you, you become a good team in this league it's it's not about the, the games winning the games where you have your a game it's about winning the games where you don't and that's a sh- sign of a good team and a good coach they're playing hard for each other whatever <laughs> and now when the islanders did it just you know flip the script on the rangers it was just the utter confusion it was almost like arrest these guys <laughs> they just won a game, a game they didn't deserve. Oh yeah. my god! Uh, and I, I was talking to somebody who covers the Rangers the, the next day, mm-hmm. and I said, "I," he's like, "I couldn't believe that they didn't call that." And I said, "No, it was a penalty, sure." Mm-hmm. I, and I couldn't believe they didn't call it because it was the Islanders against the Rangers, and it was the right. Islanders who. There took was a the lot penalty. of penalties in that game too. You know. Like, yeah, I mean, it was. Of, yeah. It was. A missed call um mm. there but i'll be damned if i'd ever say if i didn't say right back to that person i've watched that goal 700 mm. times in my life and for the first time it was the islanders who took the right. who, who got the benefit of the doubt and ended up paying for it i've watched i think you know like you can like just i can think of marion gabarick just mm. loading up on like a power play that maybe the Rangers didn't deserve late in a game or, you know, 
maybe Peter Pruka trips up uh, yeah. Andrew McDonald, Andrew McDonald, <laughs> and and the you know McDonald like fumbles. You know, he he Andrew McDonald. Nobody fell like Andrew McDonald. Like his stick would fly <laughs> up, his arms, and right. he would flail down to the ice. And then Pruka would pick him up, pick up the, the puck, and we'd be like, "Oh, that's a pen. No, it's not. A pen. Oh, it's in the back. He just he just beat DPH <laughs> on a breakaway from that play." Right. I've watched so many goals like that, you know, in my life. I've seen, you know, Rick Nash cross check an Islander defenseman maybe after like a rebound. Yandini makes a save. Nash two hands somebody in the back of the lower back and cleans up the <laughs> rebound. Like this, this, this is stuff I've seen and, and I, I'm used to seeing to the point that I don't even get mad. People text me like, that's bullshit. I can't believe they didn't call yeah. it. And you're like, well, what do you expect? Like, this is the Rangers yeah. and the Islanders. Like, of course they didn't call it. And of course it ended up in the back of the neck. Cause that's what happens. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't feel guilty. I didn't feel guilty at all about it. It felt great. Actually. It felt vindicated that they didn't uh, call it. And I was like, you know what? Like they deserve the Islanders in this situation at the garden deserve that little break yeah. and ended up being a big break. Um, but yeah, the, those, those, those two games were uh, like, just it, that's when, you know, this whole theme of that I, we opened up with, with the, you know, what the hell is this team? You know, they, there's, it's like psychotic at some point. Like, you're like <laughs> they're all, they're all out, out of their minds right now. Uh, the way they're playing. And, how many times in the trots era especially last year did we say you know there's this team they're not a they're not a good chaser of a game like they need to be they're a front runner they need to get a lead they need to just strangle the life like an anaconda out of like their opponents get that get that lead maybe add to another one and just like will take the suck the will out of their opponents Mm -hmm. be like yeah you know there's no way we're getting two past the islanders tonight because it will require me having to chip the puck past, you know, Matt Martin and then Adam Pellick. And I don't want to deal with that. Right. Um, but now it's, it's almost like the opposite where it's the teams are getting these leads and then they're sitting back and, and those guys are like, ah, I'm, I'm going to just try to bulldoze through this and keep and, and make the play uh, to, mm-hmm. to get us that second goal. And um, yeah, we'll talk a lot about Brock in the second half, uh, but it, it feels like when, when the Islanders are in need of something right now, um, you, you kind of want the puck on his stick and cause he's mm. been, been like kind of the uh, epitome of that attitude of just, all right, I'm going to, we need a goal. Like I'm putting the puck deep. I'm going to try to beat this guy and set up Lee uh, or something like that. So, uh, but it's yeah, it, it, I can't, I, I think we used to say this about the Islanders under trots, where it's like, you could kind of just feel like the way they were going almost. And, and he was the one who said the 18 wheeler, you know, when they're going mm. well, they're like an 18 wheeler and you can't really stop them. And you can almost feel it and sense it when they're on the ice. You could mm. definitely do it during that playoff run uh, a couple of seasons ago. Um, Right now it feels like you can almost feel the, like a different kind of energy. Just and when you're watching them, you're just like these, they're flying all over the place. Mm. And I don't, I don't know what like their next move is going to be ever. <laughs> uh whether it's it's like scott mayfield jumping in and backhand roofing somebody <laughs> the fourth the fourth like i said the fourth line that like yeah. with putting a, a a shift together where they they pe- they belt like three different guys into the board mm. you know score a loose puck get it to the point almost score um you know barzell having the puck on his stick and then finding sebastian aho cutting down or aho <laughs> taking a hit at the blue line that might have been the play of the week was aho uh, against the Blue Jackets, someone chipped chipped it out, and he like saved it with his body, kept the play alive at the blue line, and got absolutely pummeled 
to mm. keep it in for a goal. Um, like I just I don't know what their next move is going to be ever, uh, and that's so different from what we've seen, where we didn't know. Like we knew, okay, the Islanders are up three two. There's a minute and a half left. They're in defensive zone face off. JG Pejo is going to try to win this draw. He's going to get kicked out of the draw. That's, but don't worry, Barry Trotz has Casey Zizekas out there too. And so Zizekas is going to try to do it. Like you can pattern out every one of their games almost. And now he <laughs> just can't. I have, you, you turn on the TV, you turn on Butch. He, he has no idea what's going on either. He's like enjoying it. He's riding, he's riding the, he's riding the lightning too. Like he's on the seat of his, right. <laughs> the edge of his seat, basically flying by yeah. the seat of his pants. Uh, he screamed, he like squealed mm. uh, when the Islanders beat the Rangers uh, mm. the other night. So like, it's it's terrifying it's fun it's it's kind of hockey and like it's in its purest form it's just a lot of chaos yeah uh and and you just don't know and the islanders were just were not they were the the anti-chaos team in the nhl for <laughs> three years yeah no i was gonna say there's there's definitely a chaotic element to these games that we had not seen from this team in a long time and again you're talking about guys like mayfield aho uh, you know, even Palmieri a little bit, like chipping yeah. in. He's got five goals this season, and it's just like they just come in random times. Like he just yeah, he's goes been to making these moves. To, like he'll get the puck at the half board, and and I'm like, oh, he's gonna fire this at the net like a like a good soldier. And then the next thing you know, he's like toe dragging his way into the slot. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> like where did that come from? Uh, Adam Pellick put some move on some guy too at some point. Like you know, it's just crazy. Uh, he was coming in and he was almost, he was dangling too. So. It's all these strange things happening all at once that we're not used to. And perhaps the strangest thing of all was our third game of the week, a two nothing <laughs> loss to the Coyotes. Like, and so I'm, I'm watching, you know, again, all I can see with these scores. And so, okay, they, they beat the Flames. That's great. And the next day, oh, wow, they beat the Rangers too. That's great. Oh, how about that? Two days, you know, oh, they got the Coyotes next. Oh, this will be easy. And I checked the score and it's two nothing Arizona. And I'm like, what the hell? And so I said to my, I, my wife and daughter with me, of course, and I was like, Oh man, the Islanders got shut out by like one of the worst teams in the league. They're like, what happened? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I got to find out, but it's one of two things. Either they put a ton of shots on these guys and the goalie just stole it, which happens. It's hockey. That's how it works sometimes. Or they just slept, walk through the game and just threw away two points because they just never got, you know, anything going. And it really wasn't any of those things. They, no. they tried they just missed the net a lot. They had a lot of blocks. It was nothing, nothing going into the third. Travis Boyd got an early goal on the power play and they tried. They, they, you know, tried as much as they could to score, but Carol Vemelka had given credit. He made 24 saves in the game and there was an empty net goal and that was it. It was over. So there was a third option that I hadn't counted on. Um, but, you know, at, at one hand, I was like, really? That's the game you got to lose? And a shutout of all things, really? Um, but at the same time, I remember what we talked about in that game against Detroit. Like, yeah, they lost. It sucks. At that point, they had won five in a row. Hey, what are you going to do? Here, you got these two games. You won them, and now you drop this one. It sucks, but I guess, you know, maybe it just wasn't your night. So it really wasn't the most important game on the schedule, having beaten the other two teams already. But it does still suck, and it gets back to what you were just saying. Like, how do you predict what this team is going to do next. Like if you had told me like what, I mean, you, what were, I, I hadn't gotten a text from you. So, cause I couldn't, cause I had no service. Uh, but like, what, what were the odds on that game going in? Like the Islanders had to be a huge favorite going in. And then the whole thing just sort of fell apart on them. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were a big favorite. They were like, yeah. 
minus th- almost minus 300. Um, so it, the Coyotes have kind of, they play this, this like in your face, aggressive, like man to man style, or at least they did against the Islanders. And, um, it worked and it turned the game into the most bizarre. I remember leaving that devil's game and being like, that was the weirdest kind of sporting event. I think I've ever been to where I just watched a team that I didn't think was much better than the Islanders, at least on mm. paper, completely dominated game. It didn't feel like the Islanders ever had the puck. It was like the crowd never got, it was just so strange. Um, really, truly a bizarre game. And then this coyotes game, I left thinking the same thing in a, but it was like a truly bizarre spectacle and but in a very different way where you know i was at the game with my dad and the two of us were like are they they're they're missing a ton of shots right like they're yeah. <laughs> everything's going wide and whatever and right. it was you know you you just don't trust like especially something like that where there's no like counting stat on on the jumbotron saying like here's how many mm. shots have been missed and, <laughs> and grade a chances that yeah they just have sailed mm. six feet over the net um <laughs> And then the next day you read about like 23 shots on goal and like 25 shot wide mm. or something like yeah, now it's starting to make sense. I've never seen that before. Uh, like guys like Barzell had two empty nets. So he fired wide. Nelson had a couple shots from the slot. He missed the Dobson. Mm. It was just, it was really frustrating to watch at the same time. Like you said, like if there was a game, if you said the Islanders are going three and one in the stretch, I would pick this one to lose a hundred times over. Mm. Um, and then I got home from that game and I was you know, sad because the world's ending. The Islanders lost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're, I was watching the post-game stuff and, and the, I only watched one clip and it was 10 seconds long and it was Matt Barzell. He said, you just got to give credit to Arizona. And that kind of calmed me down. I was like, you know what? He's right. Mm. Like that, The Coyotes played exactly how you have to play if you're that mm. team. And they executed their team-specific game plan really well. The Islanders made two or three mistakes the coyotes paid made them pay for one um and it was kind of like a two combo mistake between peugeot mm-hmm. not getting like a, a puck out turning a puck mm-hmm. over or something then barely taking a penalty at the end of the period and the answer the islanders are the only team in the, the world that gives up those period straddling power <laughs> play goals <laughs> like it's right. that you knew it was coming they gave up two this week um right and uh the coyotes made pay and whatever and you left and that turned Saturday into a, uh, you know, kind of close to a must win game just because of the two opponents that were coming. The, the blue jackets had just lost half their team to an injury <laughs> crisis. And, right. uh, the way the Islanders played in that game was a little frightening because you were starting to see some of the same stuff from the coyotes loss seep into the blue jackets first, 30 minutes or so Sorokin was really good they were making too many mistakes missing chances uh but there was you know three players who showed up for those for the whole 60 minutes uh well Sorokin and then three skaters and when you when I name oh I'll say six because the fourth line whatever but if I were to name those three skaters and 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 say those names out loud and I said if would the Islanders ever win a game where the only three guys who were good in front of Sorokin were Brock Nelson, Scott Mayfield, and Sebastian Ajo. You say, no, they lost that game five one. <laughs> Somehow they did it. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Uh yeah, so that that sets up our last game. And and like we said, you know, how do they respond? How what happens now you've lost the game? Well, the answer is they played pretty well. They they doubled up 
almost on shots, like you said, the Blue Jackets. But again, it was one nothing going into the second. Cole Sillinger, son of former Islander Mike Sillinger, scored on a power play, of course, right up front. And then Nelson redirected this beautiful shot pass uh, from Scott Mayfield. He looked a little like Mark Streit on that play, I thought, Mayfield, because uh, he used to excel at that sort of stuff. And I mean, Nelson didn't even shoot. He just sort of angled his stick and it went past uh, Eunice Corpusallo. Uh, and then uh, they gave up a gorgeous goal that would have been deflating to most other Islanders teams to Emil Benstrom. He kind of just split the defenders and scored on a beautiful backhand. It's fantastic. But then it was Nelson again. And uh, really, like we've been talking about him this whole time, but Sebastian Ajo, Brendan even said this on the on the TV, he, he would look like Matt Barzell. He was like going behind the net. He's looking around. He's looking around. He finds Nelson and he and he scores with 45 seconds left in the period. So it's been a weird game. And it got even weirder because some dude named Marcus Bjork scores because of why not? It's his first NHL game. And, of course, he's got to score his first goal against the Islanders. I haven't seen that in a while. But uh, then Scott Mayfield scored. I mean, if this doesn't end up being one of the most gorgeous goals of the Islanders season, I'd be really shocked. Like this just I mean, it's it's everything. It's the situation. It's the source. It's the goal itself. Just cuts across the net. and He just casually just backhands the puck into the net. Like I get. Yeah. Chris Letang comes to mind. Uh, I'm not even sure some other swift skating defender, Mark Streit, maybe, you know, somebody like that. Uh, uh, Roman Hammerlick, the guy we talked about a few weeks ago, um, you know, Mark andre Bergeron would have do, yeah, done Mark something andre like that. Yeah, like, how did this happen? And, and even no when he idea. celebrated, the look on Mayfield's face was almost like, I can't believe I just did that. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. So it ties the game. And then, you know, they go to overtime and now it's Columbus's turn to do some crazy stuff. They start with three forwards. Yeah, sure. Why not? Hey, who cares? Right. Let's figure <laughs> this out. Did not work out pretty well. First of all, Patrick line is literally surfing off the back of he, he's uh, uh, water skiing off the back of Zach Parisi. Number one, hanging on to him. And Butch was all excited about that. He's like, well, first of all, that's interference. And Brendan's like, yeah, I know they're, they're, they're calling it, but it didn't matter because JG Paggio set up Parisi for, a gorgeous goal. The all the defenders were well, defenders in this case. The other two Blue Jackets forwards were shading off to the one side. It left Parisi all all day. He had an entire rink's worth of space to shoot, and he just nailed it. He didn't make no mistake, and it was gorgeous. It was fantastic. And so, I mean, the Islanders had forty two shots, or I'm sorry, they had a forty forty six shots. Corpusella made forty two saves, so they they did the work. Like they they went out there and they played really well. Sorokin had to make twenty six saves of his own, and he had he had to be pretty sharp too. Uh, it was a wild game, but. This is how these Islanders are going to operate this year. And it gets back to what we've been saying before. We don't know what they're going to be like, <laughs> but they do tend to respond to losses and they tend to understand the situation. Get points, win games, make it happen, do whatever you have to do, cause, and then just let the chips fall where they may. I want to talk about that overtime because I saw Pajot and Parisi lining up against Johnny Gaudreau, who was booed the whole night. I thought that was hilarious. I was at the game again with my dad. and I, was, I heard something a- about this, and I was like, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fu- I thought it was funny and whatever. Right. Like, you know, more mm-hmm. – it's home ice advantage. Got to, you know, yeah. make make your voice out, heard. However, um, <laughs> and and I, I just thought it was pretty – like, I, I, it was a good reminder to – to Gaudreau like look at you know you could be over here and you're instead right. you're playing alongside you know Andrew Peaky is your number one defenseman right now and so it's a little <laughs> little bit of a bad situation over there but um yeah when I saw it was Pajot and Parisi against Line A and 
Goudreau and Boone Jenner. <laughs> I didn't even notice there was three forwards <laughs> yeah. at first. I, I had like, to oh, look God. up who it was. The other yeah. guy was. Um, yeah. I was like, shit. Like, you know, this is just not. I can just envision the, you know, Goudreau finding line A. Uh, you know, someone just bursting past one of those two guys and game over. And um, once the Islanders turned the puck over, those two guys are really smart. And I think Pajot has struggled to start the year. And I think a lot of it is coming down to like the thing about JG Pajot, his best quality is that you can trust him to always make the right play at the right time, no matter who's watching. Uh, and he kind of hasn't done that. He's, he's almost like, I think Sebastian Ajo in that article today talked about playing hero ball. And I feel like yeah. JG Pajot all of a sudden is doing that a little bit more than I've ever seen him. And I think he'll car- course correct into that, you know, trustworthy, worthy third line center. And, um, but like once they turned that puck over, the th- the two of those guys just knew what the situation was, and it couldn't have been a better uh, second person on that two on one than Zach Parisi, because how many guys with what Line A was doing to them would have you know thrown their hands up and basically just not finished out the play because right. they're like oh Waited I'm getting a power a call, play out of this yeah. you know right yeah and Parisi <laughs> just being doing the most Zach Parisi thing which is like just get a play to the whistle get a play to the whistle it's like yeah. you know that's that's what my dad told me to do I got to keep playing got to keep playing until I hear whistle <laughs> goal scored you know that's me like yeah I just I, it was so funny like I it was a bizarre game it was a bizarre finish to the game Junis Cor- mm. Corpusala was really good for them he's been terrible for like the past two seasons watching <laughs> Carol Vamelka and then him pitch back-to-back shutouts would have been way too much for me to take <laughs> um, but I want to say like the, the environment at, at the game was great. Like it's, it, the, I think cause you can, you can almost feel like that, like that kind of sense of, you know, bewilderment that we're all watching this team with mm. right now. Cause we don't know what the hell's going on. Mm. Um, truly don't know what's kind of come next. Like you can, you can feel that in the crowd. People, <laughs> you know, you get out of the intermission. I saw our buddies, Mike Smith and, Desmond Santua from the Through the Island Pick podcast, and he's becoming fast friends with my dad. Uh, <laughs> I, I told this is a, a story that I, I don't think I've t- told on this podcast, at least. But my dad, um, he, he his job was uh, for a long time he would do international payroll, so he would be traveling to crazy places. And so Desmond found out why he's not allowed to return to Libya um, last night. <laughs> he, he was telling him the story about he, my dad was in a car being driven. Yeah. Uh, this was a week before the Arab Spring, too. I started mm. so like right before Gaddafi got overthrown my dad was in Libya and uh was in a car being driven by someone else like an Uber driver or whatever and they hit somebody mm. and he had to flee because like the rules there basically that you know if, if you you hit somebody and kill them you have to stay yeah. there and pay like pay until like your debt is repaid and it's a monetary oh, debt so like he he like immediately was the the driver's like you got to get the hell out of here uh, yeah. And he like ran down the freeway, got into a different cab, took it to the airport, and got home. And he's like, "I was so scared the whole time going to the wow. airport." And and then yeah, then a week later, Gaddafi got overthrown. So all my friends thought he was in the CIA and like you know <laughs> help lead a coup. But um, right. yeah, so so anyway, Desmond heard that story in the on yeah. the uh, adding to the bewilderment. Um, yeah, you know, it's, we got people talking about the Arab mm. Spring and the and the Islanders concourse right outside the Heineken bar. Um, but, uh, but like it, it, you could, you, you could just like almost sense it. Like you, you're, you're just like mm. sitting, talking everyone every, like after it's almost like going to one of those movies, like a long movie where there's like an intermission mm. 
and like everyone like you know everyone meets in like the hallways and like wow that was a pretty crazy first act like what's gonna come next like i don't know like is this the bad guy who's gonna who's is is brock nelson the hero tonight is it still ilia sorokin i think that ilia sorokin guy might be the guy who does it like it's 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 really uh an absolutely uh you know it's 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 a ride and 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 that blue jackets game was as half of it was so frustrating half of it was incredibly exciting and then the third half because there are three halves uh was just (laughs) you know was just bewilderment you're just like what you know what is going on here why aren't the islanders stopping this team and uh it's just not who they are i don't think right now like they're just not going to ever be a team that's going to put put teams away and pretty quickly and make it life easy on you and they're at the same time like you're not gonna be able to put them away that easily so unless you're the yeah. coyotes um but uh <laughs> it's 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 yeah i like i don't know i i don't know what to make of this team in a good way uh right now so yeah uh i just yeah. uh I, I mean we'll talk about this again i guess in the, in the second half but uh it just feels like the chaos is kind of part of what the makeup of the team is like they're they are a team that's been together for a very long time they don't have big stars we'll talk about one of them not nelson but the other one in a big <laughs> in the second half you know they don't have like an artemi panarin or a johnny goudreau or whoever um you know david pasternak or something that that draws a lot of eyeballs they win by committee and sometimes they lose by committee and they defend by committee and they play for each other and it just leads to kind of different heroes every night basically or different goats every night i saw some complaining about bailey the other day yeah or i should say today and and that's nothing new (laughs) but i saw (laughs) he he let his man go yeah okay well that's that's him and then the next night it'll be somebody else doing that so um you know it's it's just such a weird team and it's been a weird season and as long as they get points I don't really care. Like, that's just, let's just see where it goes. Yeah. Like, I guess is what we're trying to say. And, and you know, and that's, we all a, want to ref- subscribe patterns, but we haven't seen one yet. It's refreshing to look at it that way because we've been right. so. Right. Focused on everything. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And like, we, mm. we're told, you know, all that matters is a team's, you know, shot share, expect a goal share. And mm. uh, to kind of be freed of that for a little bit is, has been nice. Yeah. And especially when, since you have, Sorokin like yeah it you your margin for error is a little bit longer <laughs> right. like you don't need you don't need to dominate you don't need to tilt the ice you just need you just need that guy and we got him so mm. uh yeah man uh just I I don't know how like mm. the, I don't think anyone has the words to, to describe how Islander feel Islander fans feel about him but it just keeps <laughs> growing and growing yeah and I guess this is our way uh, before we sign off for the first half is of saying that if you're listening to this after Monday's Senators game and they end up losing, hey, what are you going to do? It's all <laughs> this is how it's been going. So it's just it's part a of the you know, start too, which I still have. Yeah, it's a fi- right. It's everything. Everything about this game is already weird before it's even started. So uh, just we're just going to have to go along for the ride for now. OK, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about a couple of. Uh, key islanders and uh see what the uh the rest of the schedule looks like all right so come back on the other side judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, vintageicehockey.com, where you can get t shirts, hoodies, and jerseys featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor t shirt and the Island merch. And our portion of the sales of that goes directly to the Center for Dementia Research. Use the code ANXIETY to save 15% off your order. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Do not wait until Christmas to order this stuff. Go there now and buy the stuff uh, for your Islanders fan friends or friends of defunct hockey team logos. It's VintageIceHockey.com. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious. Price at less than $15 a bottle and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. I cannot believe that Thanksgiving is literally next week. So go buy wines from the Pinot Project for your parties and stuff. You will love them. Uh, learn more at thepinotproject.com and please drink responsibly. So we're going to highlight a couple of Islanders right now that have had uh, very interesting weeks. Uh, we talked about Kyle Palmieri a little bit ago. But Brock Nelson is a guy who, you know, we always joke about oh, Brocktober, this, you know. He, you know he always had the Brocktober. First of all, the, the thing about Brocktober that I find funny is that it was a li- literally an Islanders fan only joke. Like there's nobody else out there. There are no Flyers fans or Stars fans or Coyotes fans or Ducks fans or whatever that are like, ooh, it's Brocktober. Like that was a thing for us only. And now we've turned it into a, it used to be Brocktober and now it's Brockvember and Brocksember, you know. Uh, he took a little while to get going, but he's been great and he's looked fantastic scoring these goals and he he's really kind of operating on a, on a special level right now and again getting back to what we were saying before he's been around for so long that it almost feels like he kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit he's such a quiet guy he's not a low talker but he's kind of he's got that sort of like you know he doesn't have a, a big demonstrative personality he did tap uh whatever goalie it was in Carolina on the head that one time almost started a brawl uh, and then uh, end up losing anyway. That's about the only, that's the most personality I think Brock has ever showed on the ice, but the dude's damn good. He's damn good. And, and, you know, we talked a million times during the trots era about how he, he and maybe Adam Pellick are the two guys that really changed the most under trots, but that change has, has stuck. And so far during the Lane Lambert era, Brock Nelson has shown that he, he is a very, very good player. And I, you know, I, I wouldn't be, I, I know this is early. You never know, but, I mean, would it surprise you to see Brock Nelson like playing an all-star game in a couple of months? It would not surprise me no. in the slightest. That would be really cool to see too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you think about it and we, we had a whole episode about uh, Josh Bailey's thousandth game and kind of the career, the utterly bizarre career of Josh Bailey, because it's so right. utterly bizarre under the surface. But if you look at it as an outsider you're just like oh yeah look look at this milk toast thousand games same team you know just does the same thing over and over again middle six forward he's got a very uninspiring name it's just very canadian josh bailey looks looks like a josh bailey um everything and then and islander fans you know you you say that to an islander fan you're like oh no that's (laughs) that's not how this has gone um right and then you I think at some point and like, you know, if he keeps this up, Nelson, 
people are going to look at his career and say like, you know, Brock Nelson's at 700. He's going to be playing 700 games soon. And uh, once again, all with the Islanders, which is mm-hmm. a common theme with this group. And, uh, you know, he's he's got a really good chance of getting to like in his career at 300 goals should be pretty much in, you know, you'd, you'd say he was your favorite to do that. And, uh, you know, I think people are going to be like, you know, this guy is just completely underrated. And uh, I know it's like a cliche to call someone the most underrated player in the league now. And because there really isn't one, because everybody knows everybody because social media, if, if if Brock Nelson scores a goal, like the NHL account says like, Oh, Islander score Brock Mm -hmm. Nelson, whatever. So like everyone knows who everybody is basically, but I just don't think people understand how effective he is. Um, Because since Trotz took over, has there been a more consistent number two center in the, in the league? Like, right. Absolutely not. Like there's, he's gotta be the best over those four seasons. Mm. Uh, Since, since Trotz came, like he, I don't think he's anyone could say they were a better number two center than him. And maybe there's one I'm not thinking of, but when you're talking about impact on the same team, if you, if you remember those two penguin series, especially that first one, like, Brock Nelson emptied his keys out after or emptied his pockets out every uh, after every game in that series. He'd take out his keys, his wallet and Sidney Crosby like he just had him in his pocket all that whole series. And then he did it again <laughs> two years <laughs> later. Like it, it was just and, and he, he becomes this, you know, he's a great skater for his size. He's got great hands. He's so smart. He's he's right. like sneaky kind of he's not dirty, but he's like sneaky, a sneaky pest. He seems to always kind of be in the mix, like for like a split second, and then he's gone. Like, uh, like Lupin, I think his name is like that French mm. artist, oh, yeah, art the, thief. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like he, he, you'd like feel like a flash come across your face, and and he'd already left the building with the Mona Lisa or something. Um, mm. Yeah, Brock is his his that kind of has that kind of energy to him. Uh, he's got an incredible shot that's like very deceptive, and people still haven't figured out like goalies which I think is funny because mm. he seems to do the same thing every time. Um, yeah. But yeah, they, like you, you just look at his career on this team and I think he's having the type of career, like the perfect type of career for himself. Cause like you said, he seems like a pretty, you know, stoic to himself kind of guy. Uh, mm. you, you know, when, when these guys are all posting pictures, like on Instagram of, of themselves, like Brock is pretty rarely out. Like I know he loves playing tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, which makes yeah. sense too. Like I can see him being like a really good tennis player, like crafty at the net kind of guy. And, uh, just like can, can do everything well. Um, he's, he's, he also is like, like you said, he's not a low talker, but he's my favorite intermission and post game interview. Cause he, he, he talks without, I don't know what kind of grammar, like word it would be like almost like a conjunction. He just kind of like, he's like, yeah, guys going pretty good. Puck mm-hmm. to net, uh, got break uh two nothing islanders like like just like he doesn't really you know doesn't really gel his his words into each other or join his sentence is um he's just he's like this incredibly uh you know unique guy because of how not unique he is i guess almost in a way like you'd think he's like bailey like almost like milk toast but he's not like he's he's got so much going for him uh and he's I think quickly becoming like Islander fan, like a, a big time fan favorite. Yeah. Uh, which he wasn't, he was kind of just like the, a guy who was like a good effective contributor. And now you're like, not like he's maybe the most important like, Islander. 
<laughs> yeah, it always felt like he hadn't quite reached his potential. Like I wouldn't people didn't right. really dislike him, like actively dislike him the same way they still dislike Bailey, but he hadn't reached that sort of level of like this is an indispensable guy that we love. And he is that now, <laughs> like for sure. Cause you know, he just does things every game that are just like, Oh man, this, this guy is awesome. I don't know if enough people know about it. Yeah. I think that's, that's probably the right way is it's, it is like Bailey, like in a way where the Islanders, when they, they rush Josh Bailey's development and he just has always had that, that sticker to mm. him. Like right. Scarlet letter is like, Oh no, he, you know, he, he's, he never fulfilled that potential of a high first pick where Nelson, like, yeah, he was like that, and then all of a sudden you look up, you're like, "Holy right. shit!" Like he 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 might right. I don't I I wouldn't be able to pull it up right now, but he's got to be one of the most effective producers from his draft class. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, he's but and he's just like such a he's he he's very like it's very safe. <laughs> There's mm-hmm. like not his game maybe isn't, but like about having him on your team, like you just feel safe. You know, Brock Nelson's the kind of guy you like you want to walk you home at the end of the night after a bar, like you're a little <laughs> drunk, like Brock will get you. He will get you to where you need to go. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you know, whatever, like he's, he, I think that's like the, the best way I like, he makes me feel just very like as a player, like I feel good because Brock Nelson is going to be coming over the, the boards once every four shifts. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he doesn't, he doesn't get enough like notoriety at all. Uh, Cause he, he had that career year. Uh, and the Islanders were, were terrible. Uh, so he scores 37 goals last year. Doesn't Nobody talks about it because the Islanders didn't deserve to be talked about. And then what did everybody say in the preseason? Like, yeah, like is Nelson going to do it again? And then he comes out, sl- starts slow. And then the best part about him is you're like, well, once Brock gets going, like, mm. then, he just get, he, then he just goes. Like, it's it. Like, he, right. you don't really have to worry about him. He's just, it's just about when is he going to get going. Um, right. and, and, he, and he has... Uh, and yeah, I mean, he he he's a he's quite the character in in in, in a very funny way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, he's yeah, and and he's the type of guy too that I think you know. Hopefully, he's you know one Jersey guy, and uh, mm. you just kind of is is an Islander legend because he's 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 been mm. a true joy. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at the draft class right now. This was 2010, so Sagan and Hall are way out in front. And you got Skinner, Johansson, Tarasenko. This is by points. Stone, Granlin, Jaden Schwartz, and then with 404, it's Nelson. Uh, he's ahead of guys like Tyler Toffoli by one point, so that might change right now. Um, but Brendan Gallagher, John Klingberg, some guy named Nito Niederreiter. I don't know if anybody has ever heard of him listening to this kind of obscure player. Uh, Kevin Hayes, just Jason Zucker, Brian Rust, Zach Hyman, guys we hear about, all, Nick Bukestad, guys that we hear about all the time as if they're you know superstars or they're like game changers. They've been moved around to d- different places. All those guys have less points than Brock Nelson, <laughs> you know, and it's pretty impressive. So, yeah, he's got the 10th most uh, points in his uh, draft class actually, and the most amongst uh, U.S. born players. So there you go. Uh, but, yeah, you know, 400 points right now in 692 games. Uh, that's a lot. And I mean, if he puts up and a big game player, you know, too, like, like, he, yeah, he shows up he, in playoff games, big games, that kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he is, he's super important. And again, he, it's okay, all right. So uh, I'll use this and then we'll transition to our next guy. Uh, I was reading athletic today and it had an article about, you know, what, what did we miss? How did we miss some signs here from our preseason predictions? And one of them was about, uh, you know, Vezina trophy. And they talked about Ilya Sorokin and, uh, I'll just say Haley Salvian. She like covers, you know, the NHL, but the NHL in this case means only the Canadian teams. And so, She's like, how come nobody's talking about Ilya Sorokin as a Vezina finalist? And I'm like, do you 
know where you what outlet you work for, Haley. Like nobody talks about the Islanders. Nobody talks about Islanders players. Nobody's mentioned. Nobody's going to mention any Islander until a week before the season's over. And they're like, yeah, that's pretty good. You know, the, the only exception was Matt Barzell, who was kind of the runaway winner for the Calder Trophy. But like, that's it. That's just how it is. I'm not surprised that nobody's talking about Sorokin being a Vezina finalist because that's well, just they're the Islanders. Nelson is even more so into that category. Like this guy could be again have all star numbers into December at this point if he, you know this streak continues and people are going to be like how come nobody's talking about Brock Nelson because he's an rookie who's this right rookie what is- <laughs> <laughs> when was he dra- what no he wasn't drafted twelve years ago yeah come on this guy's they just called him yeah. up from the minors no, it's just how it is and 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 yeah. when you're the when you're a writer for one of the main sort of outlets that ignores the Islanders on a regular basis, please don't come at me with, how come nobody's talking about these guys? You aren't talking about these <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah, you, you are. It's you. You're, you don't do you're not. It. Yeah. You, yeah. We talk about them all the time. You're the ones who aren't talking about them. So I don't know who you're hanging out with, but it ain't me. Yeah, like, anyway. All I think about is Ilya Sorokin. And, and, and right. Like, I don't, I don't or damn, Brock Nelson is good, man. I, He's I, good. I also like the, I like that that's like kind of been the, the Ilya Sorokin kind of cliche. And it was set like, Early last summer, when people were like, you know, you know who's a real sleeper this year is that Ilya Sorokin from the Islanders. You know, <laughs> everyone talks about Igor and Vasilevsky, and then you know, mm. I don't, you know, he's he's my dark horse pick for the Vezina, and then all these people are like patting themselves on the back. So you have like two camps. You got the the people who are patting themselves on the back because they'd heard of Ilya Sorokin before, um, <laughs> and then there's the other half of people who are like, why are more, you know, I'll be the hockey yeah. hipster here, and why aren't people talking about this guy? He's playing so right. well. Like, no. Like you, if you showed up to UBS <laughs> Arena uh, on on Saturday night, and mm. after the first period, you went into the concourse outside of the talk about the Arab Spring. Everything else you would hear would be would be about Ilya Sorokin and how great he is. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, or or you know, if you weren't giving us another joke about how Lou Lamarello hates facial hair, right. maybe you would have noticed <laughs> yeah, that exactly. these guys are pretty good. Yeah. But we have more important things to you know more more important fish to fry more, more so important chortles chortles to chase yes chortles yes it's all about the chortles uh but one guy everybody knows on the islanders who's having an, an interesting season as well is matthew barzell and i, I never like using interesting because it's kind of a cliche but this has been an interesting season this dude has no goals as of november 13th and 16 assists which is one of the highest totals in the league he's actually second on the islanders in points and he's only got assists he's got 16 assists right now which is obviously a point a game um you know we can sit here and joke about how this guy's gonna go goalless for the season and still end up with 100 points on 100 assists and in fact you uh may or may not have uh inserted that exact line of thinking into the national conversation uh of hockey fans through uh, some uh, connections you have <laughs> um, that uh, I think is, is really funny. We'll, we'll, we'll find the clip and we'll play it. But this is you, basically. Speaking of the Islanders, real quick, I got a note from someone yesterday saying, is Matthew Barzal going to score zero goals and have 82 assists? It really is remarkable uh, that he's getting the reverse Cy Young here. The, uh, an Islander fan last, uh, sent me a note saying, you guys have to interview Barzal every year. <laughs> yeah i texted uh a couple of co-hosts of uh a big hockey podcast and separately not in a group <laughs> chat um <laughs> and i just one just joking about barzell and saying like how he's having you know he, he could go zero goals 100 assists or zero 82 and um 
I think I said he's like he's he's having like one of the most romantic seasons I've ever watched. And then <laughs> uh texted another uh I texted another one saying that uh you know it's it, this could I can't even remember the exact text, but it was basically it's like this could be the most uh he's gonna have like the most six the best zero goal season of all time, uh pretty much was the gist. Um uh, yeah, and then and then they talked about the text separately to each other. I don't know if they connected the dots. <laughs> but of, uh there's something happening every time he's on the ice. Mm. I, and in, in the same way as the, the bewilderment we were talking about with the Islanders, like every shift for Barzell, there's bewilderment and there's, you know, you, you, you should just be able to pay. People always say this guy's worth the cost of admission. Like you should be able, people should be able to pay money, watch Barzell shifts, then they can leave and they can come back and watch his next one because there's just something new happening on every one. He's got the puck on a stick all the time. It's it's like lacrosse mm. almost. And you, it, it, I don't know if you watch. Uh, I think you should leave with with Tim Robinson. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you know how like his his sketches, like the kind of beauty to them is they start somewhere, mm. and you and almost like Nathan Fielder too. Like they start somewhere, and you have no idea where where it's going to go because there's no traditional punchline to it right it's just right. like where you're this this sketch is going to start here and it's going to take me somewhere that i am going to wonder where how the hell did we get to a cemetery with this guy <laughs> singing friday night you know like <laughs> i've got no idea like but uh and you you put it together and then you watch it again and, and realize like how you got a to b like a barzell shift is very similar to that where he steps on the ice he gets the puck and you have no idea yeah. where that puck is going to go like where it's going to travel on a stick throughout that entire shift where it's going to end up when he's going to call the call it quits on a shift. Cause he is someone who doesn't mind taking a long shift or a double shift on his own accord here or there. He, he's, he's going to end up being behind both nets at some point um, <laughs> in the shift. Like it's, it's, right. it's, and sometimes they end with these no look passes to Sebastian Ajo, Scott Mayfield. But <laughs> the one thing you, the one thing, you know, the one, the only thing you know about his shifts is they're not going to end up with him putting the puck in the goal. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's right now. I mean, which... he's, he's trying, he takes shots, but nothing's falling. It's just so strange, but yeah, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. I, I really, hmm. I don't know. Like it's, I kind of like, I have, of course I want him to score. Like on the Islander right. score, that's, that's great. Like I love when the Islanders score, but at the same time, I'm kind of just, and you know, the guys too, like in the room are just like, this is great. Oh, I like, can't they're probably having that. so much fun with it. <laughs> considering who it is and the type right. of person he is. And uh, there was a, there was a great shift in the Coyotes game. I think it was a power play where he got teed up for a one timer. Hmm. Uh, and the puck was kind of slowly traveling into his wheelhouse and, enough time to for this thought to cross my mind and, and for me to like kind of suss it out was like you know he, i would be kind of surprised if he shoots this puck because he he hasn't he 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 loves to you know pump fake and then kind of get everyone moving in one direction and, sh- and pass the other and and he just ripped one uh and it did not come close to the net but he, <laughs> he put it, it was so, such a loud thud against the glass that i was like oh yeah like he's he's like ripping it. Cause it was as hard as I've ever seen to take a shot. Uh, and, and from that point on, like the Islanders had just missed the net, you know, a hundred times Barzell missed the net. You know, he might've set the record for most attempts at a net, the net without hitting it. And, uh, it, it, the, the crowd, everyone in the crowd, like it was, they were frustrated, but at the same time, they were, every time he touched the puck, it was, you know, everyone would get, 
kind of like it's like oh it's like a, and then it crescendoed with him <laughs> you know firing a puck off the glass and and everyone then would be like oh god damn it barzell get your head out of your head stuff like that but and then he would come out of the again he'd come off the over right. the boards again and everyone would go oh and then it would end like that and um, well, because we want him to score. Like, we're dying. Oh, so desperately. badly. Yeah, right. Islander I mean, fans should just throw hats. I mean, I always say they should throw roses <laughs> at him on the ice. Because right. just that, you know. Like it reminds me of, um, of like, when Chara, at, towards the end. Yes. You know, we, everyone just wanted him. I mean, everyone, everyone gets so lost. <laughs> just wanted him to score goals so badly. <laughs> and then they end up with getting two in the last couple of games. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's and it's funny because, like, we've had guys go goalless for a long time. Like, we, you know, we've talked about... Bailey, Beauvillier, Pajot, other guys who've gone. Mike, I remember one year it was like Bailey, I think Beauvillier and maybe Grabner that went a combined like 60 games without a goal together. Each one had like 30 plus game streaks. It was crazy. But with Barzell, he, him not having a goal almost doesn't even matter because he's making things happen for other people and he's definitely doing work it's just they're just not falling for him so i don't, I don't know what to tell but i hadn't thought about that too like you're probably right those guys are probably giving him the business yeah. every single day in practice the <laughs> car rides at the bus at the hotel like i just came to imagine like they're probably he, he he probably i was thinking that he was going to get a hat trick against in one of these games just to shut everybody up but yeah I bet, I bet him to score a hat trick in the past two games because there's like 150 <laughs> to one uh, <laughs> those are going to get longer as they go on so yeah, exactly. well, well, that, that's our segue into the next so let's just look real quick at, at the upcoming game so we got ottawa like we talked about monday night five that's a five thirty start so if you're at work and you're getting out of work and you get home and you're like yeah why are we in the second period it's a 5.30 start. I guess there's a holiday in, in Canada. I'm not sure of it. But then we've got two more games uh, Thursday against Nashville in Nashville and then Saturday in Dallas. And both of those are 8 o'clock starts. So if you turn in at 7 o'clock, you're like, hey, where's the game? They're 8 o'clock starts. Well, one's in Nashville, one's in Dallas, obviously. And then uh, we'll talk on Sunday, but Monday's game is against the Leafs. Uh, and I'll get back to that one in a second. Um, to be blunt, as I've said before, these are winnable games. Like, you know, the Senators have... Again, they're a lovely story. We all want them to be good. I have no problem with the Senators at all. They got Alex to bring it over the summer. Uh, you know, it looks like they return in the corner. Thomas Shabbat is now out for about a week or so, maybe more within a concussion. That's a huge, huge, huge loss for them. The Brinkett hasn't really gotten off to a great start. Now, having said that, I'm sure he'll score four or five goals against the Islanders. Um, but, you know, that's a game they can win. Nashville struggled a little bit this year. And then Dallas is good. Like, Dallas has had a good season. But weird stuff always happens when the Islanders play the stars so uh anything could literally happen there but you know with the way they're playing now i wouldn't put it past them to win that game sleepwalk through that game <laughs> do you know win it in overtime again come back from however many down you know or whatever uh all of these games can can be had and as we have been saying this entire time if they come back with points in this four game road trip two canadian teams and two you know southern teams if you get points in this in this trip, that's huge. Keep it coming. And then Thanksgiving is around the corner and people can take stock and look and be like, okay, where are we going now for the rest of the season? Because this is going to be a dogfight. So these points are going to matter. And looking even further ahead in the schedule, you got the, Ed the Oilers coming up, Blue Jackets again, and then two against the Flyers. I mean, again, these are points you can get. So go get them. As we kind of click into the holidays and the narrative around the season cha always change that's the first checkpoint so it always changes from it's still early to okay who are the buyers and sellers and, and who, right, what's yeah. gonna be the first domino to fall and whatever and like people you know so it's always the same cycle over and over again just that the teams change and 
Um, one thing that I think people shouldn't overlook is, and, and this kind of goes back to that uh, comparison to what the Rangers did last season and the Islanders this year is uh, if they keep doing this and they keep putting points in their pocket and kind of trudging forward and staying in the race and, and, you know, maybe putting some distance between themselves and the chasing pack at, you know, hopefully um, they're going to be set up really well to make a splash at the deadline. And, <laughs> and these are famous last words, considering right, you know, just yeah. how much activity comes that the Islanders exactly. have, have uh, you know, undergone in the free agent market and trade market over the past, I don't know, five, six years. Uh, but just look around the league. I like the blues have O'Reilly and Tarasenko and, whoever else is going to want to come out of there. And uh, then you got teams like, you know, obviously the, the Patrick Kane thing looms mm. uh, and the, the senators who God knows where they go. Sabres, whoever, like it's just the Islanders will be a team that has cap space, has flexibility. And despite ranking 32nd overall for the past eight years on the athletics <laughs> 32 team prospect rankings they have assets mm. that they can trade like they just drafted a bunch too like it doesn't have to mm. be defore and, and a2 ratu like i say this every year like what do people say when a trade happens wow that was an underwhelming package for taylor hall like mm. so they'll they'll have whatever you know what whatever is needed to, to to accomplish whatever trade they we all want now will they do it of course not, but <laughs> you know it's it's just something to keep in mind too. Like yeah. that, if they can if they can get there and they can, we all know what this team's crying out for. Uh, you know they could really use an upgrade next to Matt Barzell, who has zero goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, it, right. So uh, yeah, like that's it's like really exciting, and and you know I don't think it should be lost on anybody that three still just three weeks ago or even less than that two and a half weeks ago three weeks ago i don't know uh we are all saying shit the season's over the islanders over. are two and four yeah. they just they just got <laughs> crushed by the panthers soul sucking loss they're coming home to mm. play the rangers avalanche and hurricanes they're gonna be two seven somebody i don't know who somebody mm. said that they were gonna go on an 11 game losing streak um but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, so mean, we it's, said it's, we said if they lost those games the season would yeah. be. No, that was the thing we didn't say the season was yeah. over. we said if they lost those games the season would be. yeah yeah but i thought it was over for sure um yeah. well yeah so did i but <laughs> yeah and uh there you go and and so like i'm I'm really enjoying this, this yeah. ride, although sometimes I want to get off it. Yeah, we need to, for another day, we need to have a discussion about the team's defensive woes, <laughs> which is, you know, again, I don't know about, I don't know if woes is the right word, but letting in three goals a game is not something the Islanders are generally have done over the last couple of years. So we'll have to look in, and see those, those stats and what they're giving up, high quality chances and, and things like that. But uh, for now, just it's, it's a wild ride. You just gotta take it in and enjoy it, and the team. You know these guys. These guys are out here doing trying for us. I think is the best way to put it. And uh, they're trying to make things happen, and they have the games now to uh, to make that happen. So let's let's get that going. Uh, so a couple of things before we sign off. Uh, I mentioned the Leafs game on Monday. Prior to that, this Friday we will have our next episode of Weird Islanders, the podcast. There's a bit of a Leafs theme with perhaps the biggest guest i think we've ever had in terms of sort of notoriety popularity that kind of things i'm still a little bit in shock that he answered my email 
but he did and we got him and the episode is great i'm not going to tell you who it is i'm not going to tell you what the, the subject is but it's a great episode it's informative it's fun a lot of energy and a little bit contentious if i'm not uh <laughs> speaking out of turn you'll find out uh but this is a good one so uh, check it out friday uh the 18th that'll be the next episode of weird islanders a podcast you will definitely see it and you definitely won't want to miss it because it's a lot of fun yeah yeah it is it is uh <laughs> i guess towards the end it got contentious um yeah yeah a little bit yeah and uh but it was totally your fault i'm just kidding <laughs> but it was fun but it was fun. he had a good our guest had a good time too so uh, i will say uh we did have a lot and it's it's a lot of fun i think people really enjoyed it so yeah. uh, and, and and the subject too is, is great so uh so yeah that's the 18th uh second of all last week uh i had in our episode uh, Violiner's anxiety on that week. Uh, I included my episode, my interview with Ron Asselstein, former NHL linesman. If you haven't heard it yet, uh, the response has been great, and uh, please check it out. It was a lot of fun to talk to him about WHA days and and stories about the Islanders, uh, you know, dynasty players, and funny stories about things he's said and and heard on on the ice. And you know, he was on the ice for Bossy's fifty and fifty goal and uh, uh, Clark Gillies destroying at Hospital, that kind of thing. So if you haven't listened to it yet, Please go check it out because it was really cool. Um, that's about it. Uh, I guess we'll be back on Sunday, uh, next next Sunday, the 20th. Uh, I am going to try to uh, get to see Wakanda forever because <laughs> I've been away. But uh, we'll be back that evening, and I think we can get that done. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how the Islanders work this week. Uh, Michael Leboff, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski uh, on Twitter, and make sure you listen to his other podcasts by the action network world cup is here wonder goal is going listen to that uh is that this week is that starting now it starts or, sunday yeah. yeah but we we have oh. our, uh, our our two big preview podcasts are um okay. come out monday morning uh and then okay. we have another one tuesday um yeah it's good i mean it's it's hmm. like you know i i'm still trying the fifa uncovered documentary on mm-hmm. netflix by the way is is, is uh oh, kind cool. of really interesting and just shows like Mm. i know that hockey culture is depressing sometimes and the league is depressing sometimes but then you watch this and you're just like well fifa is on a whole other level (laughs) (laughs) really is yeah Yeah. it's uh it's something you you you, you, i can imagine like roger goodell sitting at his on his couch watching and being like Mm. i don't think i would even be that evil like you know it's like it's 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 kind of that right. kind of stuff where uh, I got to check that out. There's another yeah. podcast called Swindled that did a whole episode on FIFA. And it, 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 the Swindled deals with white collar crimes and a lot of them end up with like murder or whatever. But this is just about FIFA and how awful they yeah. are. And you should check that out, too. So, and the, uh, and the, yeah. the crazy thing about this documentary, and this isn't a spoiler or anything, but like they they have like one of the, the subject is like kind of the ringleader who's being interviewed. And his name's yeah. Seth Blatter, I'm sure. You know, if oh, yeah. Him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and he's just like, he looks like anyone's like Uncle, you know, Uncle Sepp, you know, Swiss, <laughs> got a Swiss accent, but he's like kind of cute. And you're like, this guy right. is a really, really bad person, but it's hard to see past like his cute little right. accent and, and like his, his, he's like old. And um, right. he, he truly looks like he's convinced himself that he wasn't a bad guy. And that comes through and like the way he talks and like how excited he is to talk about himself. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something. He, he is, I think the closest we've ever come in real life to an actual James Bond villain. Like he's just yeah. that guy. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, he's, 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 I, I, I say fascinating, but in a very terrible 
awful yeah. way. Like the way hurricanes are fascinating and the damage that they, <laughs> exactly. they do, do. Like you just, yeah, it's awful. But but that does sound pretty cool. I'll check that out. I was going to say uh, you guys should try and get Dua Lipa on, on Wonder Gold, but she is not performing at the World Cup. Oh. She has announced that she she is not doing that. So. She's out. She's off. The, she's off the table. Unfortunately, oh, I love yeah. her. She's yeah, we'll, we'll save. She's, we'll save her for for Weird Islanders. She she can. Yeah. <laughs> she, can, <laughs> she, she, she can talk about Joey McDonald. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week, and uh, we'll see uh, where this Weird Islanders season takes us. All right. Talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you then. All right. Bye bye.